Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, it's Kimberly, host of the Start Me Up podcast. If you like your politics with some loose talk and salty language, you're going to love my show. I interview the coolest people like Mary Trump, Kathy Griffin, and DNC chair Jamie Harrison. The Start Me Up podcast has an easygoing, casual style and a strong emphasis on left-leaning politics. We also have frank discussions about sex and more than a few spirited rants. Just visit patreon.com slash startmeup or wherever you get your podcasts and start listening today. So there's an interesting article published today by Slate, and it's titled, Why Hasn't Donald Trump Been Indicted Yet? We Have Five Theories. Let's say we put those five theories to the test. Because justice matters. Hey all, Glenn Kirshner here. So there's an interesting piece published today in Slate Magazine, and maybe magazine is the wrong term, it's published online. Are there still magazines anymore? I, I can't keep up. Anyway, it was published by Slate today, and I think it's worth spending a few minutes talking about. Here's the title. Why hasn't Trump been indicted yet? We have five theories. So let's talk for a few minutes about this article, and I hope you'll hang with me because it'll take a few minutes to get through the opening passage, and then I want to talk about the five theories or the five options as to why no prosecutor has yet indicted Donald Trump. The article begins, Last week, ABC News reported that treasonous lawyer John Eastman, okay, treasonous lawyer was my editorial edition, John Eastman, the former Trump attorney at the center of the plot to overturn the 2020 election, was still at it. Indeed, video from a closed-door event in March showed Eastman rousing a crowd to pressure Wisconsin legislators to decertify the state's 2020 election results. Eastman does not appear at all chastened by the threat of legal consequences for his actions. Among the ringleaders of the attempted 2020 coup, this cavalier attitude is not unusual. Steve Bannon, for instance, has spent recent months helping to organize hundreds of fellow coup supporters to take over local election apparatuses ahead of the 2024 election, despite being under indictment for contempt of Congress. Other leaders in Trump's coup attempt, like former Roger Stone associate Jason Sullivan, continue to push the big lie and threaten violence against political opponents. And then, of course, there's the former president himself, who New York Times reporter Maggie Haberman said last week is running for president in 2024, barring a significant change. 
Trump continues to send out weekly missives against cowards and many Republican leaders who didn't act to overturn the election, signaling another coup attempt would be on the table for 2024. And then the article segues into really the heart of the issue, the prosecutors. Ultimately, the various prosecutors investigating the former president have done nothing to demotivate Trump and his supporters from continuing their assault on democracy. And as we know, friends, those investigations include DOJ looking into January 6th, New York Attorney General Tish James' civil probe of Trump's business, Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg's criminal investigation of Trump, Fulton County District Attorney Fawny Willis's criminal investigation of Trump's effort efforts to subvert the election in Georgia, and Westchester District Attorney Mimi Rocha's criminal investigation of the Trump Organization. Trump has yet to be charged for possible crimes in any of these cases, and those in his inner circle seem to be comfortable continuing potentially criminal behavior. What then is the end game for all of these prosecutors? What strategic choices might they be making? And what might the thinking be behind their decisions? Well, friends, excellent questions all. The article then goes on to set out five options, five possibilities as to what may be motivating or demotivating the prosecutors from charging Donald Trump with the crimes he obviously committed. So let's take a few minutes to tick through those five options. Option one, let Trump off the hook. This is a route some fear investigators have been taking since Trump left office. What is the strategic thinking? Well, there's a concern that if the Department of Justice goes ahead with a prosecution now, however righteous, a future DOJ might abuse that precedent to go after a corrupt future president's political enemies without any real basis. So let me get this one straight. There's a concern that if the current administration headed up by a Democrat and that president's Department of Justice goes after a former president for the crimes he committed, that might inspire a future administration, if headed up by a Republican, to go after his predecessor, even though his predecessor committed no crime. So the, the thinking is if we go easy, if we let Donald Trump off the hook, then the Republicans will respond in kind. They will go easy in the future. They won't gin up charges falsely for political advantage. I'm sorry, have you not met today's Republican Party? There's another basis that is included under option one, let Trump off the hook. Another fear would be that prosecuting Trump for his conduct leading up to January 6th could unleash more political disruption and even potentially violence. If you indict Trump, you run the risk of having a sort of major revolt among his supporters. So friends, this is what I call the Putin approach. Stick with me here for a minute. Vladimir Putin says, I will engage in as much lawlessness, as much violence, 
including deadly violence as I see fit. And if you try to hold me accountable for my war crimes, I'll just up the ante. I'll engage in even more violence. In fact, maybe I'll just pull out my nukes. So the argument goes, we can't hold Donald Trump accountable for his crimes because that would encourage even more violence by his supporters. So instead, we have to appease them and let him off the hook. You know, friends, this is a recipe for handing it all over to murderous dictators like Vladimir Putin, like Donald Trump. The next option, only pursue Trump in civil court. Okay, that's a non-starter. Why do I say that? Because Donald Trump is a thief and civil court is only about money. So first of all, any civil judgment against him, he's not going to pay it. He'll default on it. Second, he'll just steal more money. Third, he'll borrow more money from the Deutsche Banks of the world and not even repay the loans. Or he'll just accept money from Russia or Saudi Arabia if he is taken to task in civil court instead of criminal court. So civil penalties only, that's a non-starter for somebody like Donald Trump. Let's go to the next option. Option three, charge Donald Trump in criminal court. Ding, 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 we have a winner. Here's how the article reads. It's possible that these prosecutors only appear to be holding back, but are actually taking the time they need to get all of their ducks in a row. Under this premise, investigators are not letting Trump off the hook, but nailing down an airtight case against him and those who perpetrated January 6th, starting from the bottom up. Okay, I want to circle back to option three in a minute after we finish up with options four and five. Option four is called the Spiro Agnew deal. And in essence, what that involves is, you know, just as Spiro Agnew pleaded guilty to a charge and agreed not to seek office in the future, we could just have Donald Trump plead guilty to his crimes and have him agree not to seek public office in the future. Well, that won't work for two reasons. One, Donald Trump ain't pleading guilty to anything. He doesn't have it in him. And two, even if he promised, even if he agreed, including in writing, not to seek public office in the future, would you believe him? So option for the Spiro Agnew deal, another non-starter in my opinion. And then option five, the article lists as the ambiguous threat. And that essentially involves prosecutors sort of permanently holding charges over Donald Trump's head not bringing those charges in hopes that the threat of those charges being brought in the event he ran for office would somehow deter him from running for office or engaging in future misconduct. Again, I, I think that's sort of Alice in Wonderland, up is down sort of thinking. Not a viable option. So let's circle back to and finish up on option three prosecute Donald Trump. My personal favorite. I know you're shocked. So that option indulges the notion that all of these different prosecutors are just 
buttoning up their case, or getting all of their ducks in a row. It's got to be a whole lot of ducks. And I agree with that up to a point. But I think what's really going on here is something that the article alludes to a little bit earlier when it says the following. Since so many different prosecutors are looking into Trump, there could also be a hope among the different prosecutorial offices that another investigator, another prosecutor, will be the one to bite the bullet and go first. It's as if all of these prosecutors are, are saying, no, 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 please, after you. And I've been saying for many months now, friends, that you know, no prosecutor wants to be the first one to criminally indict a former president. But it's my strong sense that every prosecutor, once that barrier is broken, will want to be the second prosecutor to indict a criminal former president for the crimes that he committed in their jurisdiction, in their backyard. And let's finish up with this quote from the Slate piece, which reads, none of these options are perfect, but it's clear doing nothing might be the worst option of all. Because justice matters. Friends, as always, please stay safe, please stay tuned, and I look forward to talking with you all again tomorrow. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.